Mrs. Claus has a busy, busy schedule, but she stopped by the Adventures with Grammy podcast to let you know she is ready to bake cookies with your grandchildren, tuck them in with bedtime stories, and gather around the family room to sing songs. We know Mrs. Claus is Deborah Weller, our guest on episode 54, when she talked with us about the art of storytelling. Today she is with us to count down the days to Christmas, less than 90 days away, and share with us a special story. Before we hear the story, Deborah will give us insight into her professional credentials and continuing education, including a recent conference she attended. Please visit the show notes to learn how to contact Deborah and arrange visits with Mrs. Claus or to learn more about storytelling. My workshop that I attended in Tarpon Springs was taught by my good friend, Santa True, who is a Santa out in California and a professional storyteller like I am. We were able to hook up there in Tarpon Springs because he is part of the Christmas Performers Workshop. It's his specialty brand, and he trains Santas all over the country. There are a variety of Santa schools, both for Mrs. Claus's and Santa. He is one of them. And I am part of the Palm Tree Santas of Florida. And it's a group of Santas in Mrs. Claus's. So we met in Tarpon Springs, Florida for our training. It was a three-day training about performance, storytelling, and the business of being a Mrs. Santa or a Mr. Claus. We actually have a family friend who has been Santa Claus for more than 20 years. He manages a restaurant as his profession, and he goes all over this region and plays Santa Claus. And when my daughter worked for Barnes and Noble, she had him as the store Santa Claus. He has two sons who are twins, and they are performance majors in college, or they just graduated, actually. And at Christmas last year, my daughter-in-law, who worked with him at this restaurant, invited him to a private party. And he came, and his sons came dressed as elves, and they sang, and they danced, and they had this little tent set up like Santa's workshop. He talked to all the kids, and it was just fabulous. And he's going to be a guest on the podcast as well. I've been performing as a Mrs. Santa Claus for 15 years. And I've been the storyteller's Mrs. Santa at the Ritz Carlton in California, Laguna Niguel for 15 years. And I've also been at the Phoenix Country Club in Los Angeles and the Santa Ana Country Club. Mrs. Santa is going to be working in the Jacksonville, St. Augustine area and getting it going. And I'm meeting such lovely people in the community of Santa's, as you know. And I play the guitar and I sing and I tell stories. So I'm not just standing there as a figurehead. I actually engage the children in storytelling, finger plays, and I make up myth based on their questions. So I have to have a really good backstory ready to go so that each time I should do it, it comes out with similar version. So I'm not convoluting things for them. I think you are the perfect Mrs. Santa. Oh, thank you. 
It is my so alter ego. How mm-hmm. did you come to be Mrs. Santa? Well, one year in May, this was 15 years ago, my school district went on strike. And at that time, I said, you know, I really need to make sure that I have other forms of income. I already have my storytelling, but I really wanted to get into the Christmas performers group so that I could promote my talents as Mrs. Santa during the Christmas season. So when I was not walking the line, I was sewing my red skirt, adding ribbon to my white shirt, making a very cute apron to wear out of fabric with lace and eyelet on it. And then I started taking pictures of myself and I had a good friend who works for a company called Magical Events in the LA area. And he said, oh my gosh, I need a great Mrs. Santa, you are perfect. And then I started performing. What is a typical engagement like? What do you do when you get to the venue? You have to be very careful even before you go to the venue. It's Christmas, things could get chaotic quickly. So when someone wants to book me, I ask them a series of questions like, please tell me about the venue. What are your expectations of my work? And also, how are the children going to be in the room and the adults going to be in the room? Are they going to be chatting? Will I have a microphone? What are your expectations? Sometimes, All they want me to do, now I'm a solo Mrs. Santa, I don't have the Mr. Claus, but I work with Mr. Claus. And so it's interesting how you walk into a room and sometimes it can be a disaster. I always arrive about 40 minutes prior to the event and I might not be in costume so I can just walk around incognito just to survey the situation, then I can talk to the host and say, here's what I think might work best. Sometimes they just want me to support Santa and kind of make the children happy while they're waiting in line. So Mrs. Claus does not have a significant role other than just supporting Santa. So if that is their expectation, then I will talk to the children sing to the children. After they go and see Santa, I will then pull them aside to an area that's been designated for stories. And I will engage them in stories and sing-alongs. I prefer to be very cautious about where I take my jobs because after performing for 40 years, I've walked into disaster situations. Uh, Mrs. Santa Claus can stand alone But Mr. C always upstages Mrs. C for the children because that's who they're waiting for. (laughs) But I will tell stories sometimes before Santa arrives. So I tell stories, I sing songs, and then when they give me the signal that Santa is about to come out, I have all the children start to sing, Santa Claus is coming to town. And then they're all looking at me and Santa might come from behind. So I'll finish the song 
and respectfully say, I think our special friend is here, but, and I'll call to Santa, Santa, how would you like the children to greet you? And he always says, ho, 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 I want you to sit down, turn around, and just wave to me first. And so he rings his bells, and the children do that, and I encourage the children to sing, we wish you a Merry Christmas to Santa. Then I give them a signal by ringing bells that it is okay for them to stand up and find their parents. Then Santa goes and sits down on his Santa throne and the children line up. And that's where I entertain them. And I will go through and say, have you been on the nice list? Tell me how you treated your little baby brother that I see here. Do you love him? What kinds of things are you doing to show kindness to your family and your friends? That's how you get on the nice list. So that's how I usually handle it. And I think what I love most is not every child, as you know, has a happy background. And we have to be very cautious with a Santa or a Mrs. Santa promising too much. So we have to be very careful about delineating certain things to them. Like, let's say they want a dog. Well, Santa and I always agree that animals are not what we make up at the North Pole. And that is definitely a mommy and daddy decision. So we don't want children (laughs) to be disappointed, right? Or maybe they say they want the biggest, most expensive toy that could possibly be on the market. And we remind them that at the North Pole, we make a lot of toys. But remember sometimes moms and dads like to give you certain gifts too, as well as gifts that come from Santa and I. So just be ready. Remember, some things might go on your mom and dad wish list, and some things at the North Pole can be there. And we might tell them what kind of, they'll say, well, what kinds of things? I said, well, bicycles, we can make it the North Pole. And we can make some games at the North Pole. We're not always great with computer games at the North Pole, but we're learning and the elves are being trained. The idea is to secure the myth, but also give them a little dose of reality. And then you might have the heartbreak stories. I want my daddy to come home or my Grammy died this year. Can she come back for Christmas? And we have to just show them tenderness and love at that point and not get too deep into personal things, but try to redirect the child and say, you must have loved your Grammy so much. And when you look up at the stars in heaven, when you see those stars twinkling, chances are that's your Grammy. She's winking at you and noticing what a beautiful child you are. So that way we can help the children who are going through a little more difficult time. As a Mrs. Claus, I have to be very cognizant, just like when I was a teacher. Children will tell you very personal things. And we can't react like overreact to it. But we just need to say, thank you. I see you're going through a hard time. But you know what? 
You're here with Santa and Mrs. Claus now, and we're going to make you have a happy time while you're with us. So those are some of the ways that we deal with more difficult situations as a performer. But most of the time, we are there to put fun on steroids. (laughs) I love that. How did you train to be a storyteller? And how did you come about being Mrs. Santa? What kind of transformation or, I mean, you're such a, a wonderful, giving, kind person. So I know that it's come naturally, but what do you have to do to, to fill that role? To fill the role of Mrs. Santa, first of all, you need to take it as a sacred role. You're not just wearing a costume and prancing around. It's kind of a sacred thing for our little ones and family time. And even the children who are getting a little older and are starting not to have that belief, we still need to make it sacred to them. So I think for me, I feel Mrs. Santa is the universal grandmother, the universal woman of wisdom. She, after all, is the CEO of the North Pole, and she makes sure everything is running perfectly. So I think for me, being a storyteller, I know how I have to weave a story to connect to the audience, both through their empathy or just to get them to laugh and enjoy things. And because Christmas has always been a magical time for me as a child growing up and with my own children wanting to make it magical in our home, I have just to embody that spirit of Christmas, whether it's the secular spirit or whether for me it's actually a little more of a spiritual part of where I take Christmas. I feel to be a Mrs. Santa, you need to have that Christmas spirit. I think in the book that we all have read of the Polar Express, the bell at the end only rings anymore for people who truly believe. That's what Carl von Allsberg said at the end of the story. And so I think by delving into all the magic of folk tales about Christmas, contemporary stories about Christmas, and then in my videos on YouTube, I make up my own stories, my own little myth about what happens at the North Pole on a daily basis. I feel if you're going to be a Christmas performer, whether you're an elf, a Mrs. Santa Claus, it doesn't mean you necessarily have to do what I do as far as storytelling. Many Mrs. C's just prefer to do the crowd control, to enjoy the children, to pick up that baby and gently get it into Santa's arms. Sometimes the children are a little freaked out about Santa, but they will come to Mrs. Santa Claus because she's that mother. She's that loving person, the grandmotherly person, and they will come to see me first and I can calm them down. Then I can cajole them a little bit to move towards Santa because we know those parents love those photos. So in my work, 
I also do fun things. I am just starting this year. I'm kind of getting Mrs. Santa back after COVID. And I belong to a group on Facebook run by Ellen Turpin called Mrs. Santa's. We meet monthly. We talk about our work. We share ideas. So this year, I'm hoping to be booking into baking with Mrs. Santa Claus, where I go into a home and they have gathered either their own family or their friends and have a little baking with Mrs. Claus party. Or I might have story time with Mrs. Claus. Some of the other Mrs. Santas work with hotels and they have to be cleared, of course, with all their proper clearances to work with children. And the hotel will schedule a bedtime turndown with Mrs. Santa. The parents can request this service. And Mrs. Santa comes to the hotel and tells a bedtime story and tucks the children into bed with visions of sugar plums dancing in their heads. That would be a great treat for kids. Yes. So there's also ways that some of the Mrs. Santas, and again, I'm getting mine restarted here in Florida, but they work year round and they'll do making crafts with Mrs. Santa or Halloween with Mrs. Santa. So there's a lot of applications where Mrs. Santa could be out and about visiting everyone while Santa's busy up at the North Pole. She has some flexibility to come down and visit with her friends all year round. What a great idea and what a great marketing firm Mrs. Santa has. Yes, and that's why I've joined some of these groups. I'm also part of the International Bearded Santa Group. And they promote professionalism in the Christmas performers. That's really important. We have to carry insurance. We also have to get clearances and be fingerprinted. So we want to keep a certain quality with Christmas performers who are not just dressing up in a cheesy costume and saying hi. The kids still love those performers as well. But those are more of icons versus someone who goes in and actually brings out the joy with the children by reacting to them. Like you said, your friend's sons who were the elves, singing, dancing, being goofy. I've done the reindeer hokey pokey and the reindeer macarena with the children and the families. I really like to invite the whole family to participate. When the whole family participates, it keeps the magic going. And the adults aren't in the other room having a wine and cheese party while the children are hanging out with me. It becomes a really sweet family event. I have worked on Christmas Eve for some families where the grandmothers hired me to come because all the grandchildren are there. And I come in. And they're just like so thrilled. Sometimes they might ask me to pass out some gifts. So those are set aside ahead of time. So I know that I'm doing that. I work with contracts because I want to really make this a special experience for both a corporate event, a local um, nonprofit event, or the private parties and private visits. 
there's an option too that I've already got booked at least one is that Mrs. Santa Claus's will work with photographers and the families will come in and have a photo session with Mrs. Santa Claus. And if there is a Santa present with me, they can have both of us to do that work. I love your creativity. That is, that is fabulous. So are you booked already for events for this winter season? I have at least five already booked and I'm getting ready to get more. There is a website that a lot of the Christmas performers use to get jobs. It is called Gig Salad and it has a free opportunity. It has a paid version and then it has a higher level version. And on that, it becomes like your personal little website just for being a Christmas performer. And that way people can find me and it's localized for communities. I say I want to work in Northeast Florida, and then it'll start pushing it out to people in Northeast Florida. The other one is the Palm Tree Santas. I will be on their website. I just submitted my information and that will be happening. Many of the Santas I work with, they're already booked six to nine months ahead of time, sometimes a year ahead of time. And that's how it was for me in California. But now that I'm getting started in Florida again, I have to build that trust with clientele and build up the repeat customers because of what I'm offering. Here in my own community on December 3rd at our clubhouse, I am doing donuts with Mrs. Santa. So I'll be doing story time and then we'll have donuts and hot chocolate on the first Saturday in December. Pretty amazing. Yes. So it gives them a long season instead of most people think, oh, Thanksgiving to Christmas Eve. And some of my um, Santa friends like Santa True, he has been on commercials in the Los Angeles area. He has also been on all kinds of fun venues in Lake Tahoe and so forth. So I am looking forward to launching this work here. And California may still come through for me, but I have to um, remind them that the schedule is getting booked now. And if they want to do it, I think they were very hesitant the last two years. And California was under stricter lockdown than we were here in Florida. So this year I'm finding my storytelling in general, like is just exploding. And I have so many things booked in October for ghost stories, especially in a haunted city like St. Augustine. And schools are hiring back again. Finally, they're letting performers come back into the schools. So I'm really excited that I have those dates. And I just sent out all my mailings to various businesses in this area to hope to get some more Mrs. Santa gigs. And then I will have my posting up on Gig Salad. And I'm waiting for that to see where it goes this year. But I have my various costumes because I live in a warm place. I have my Mrs. Santa Florida version. And then I have my more wintry Mrs. Santa Claus. And I just got the cutest 
red patent leather shoes with big red bows on them. Oh, that sounds exciting. Mm -hmm. I've often wondered about, and in our climate in Virginia, we Mm -hmm. have definitely had white Christmases. We've actually had days where it snowed on Christmas, and then we've had days when it's 70 some degrees. (laughs) And I always wonder what it's like to celebrate Christmas in a warm climate when so many of the songs romanticize the snowflakes and the cold and the sleigh rides. Yes. In California, especially when, you know, being a kindergarten teacher, I always had to create the environment in my room and we made a winter wonderland in the room but it is a little harder the nice part is is when you're performing at some very nice hotels or um, corporate events they usually have the event planners bring up this magical background and props and I think it's good enough for the children you know they can still imagine it now some of the children have never seen snow before will never have the opportunity, at least in California, they could go to the mountains in the winter and see the snow, whereas in Florida, not so much. But there's still a lot of Christmas cheer here. In fact, in St. Augustine, it will start the night of lights starting the weekend before Thanksgiving, and the whole city is decorated with white lights. So there is a certain about magic that can occur even though we don't have the snow of traditional picture-perfect Christmas that is propagated in the media and in paintings, the Courier and Ives kind of Christmas that might be the night before Christmas when the moon on the crest of the new-fallen snow gave a luster of midday to the objects below. So we have to fake it a little bit. And I always include songs about snow and we talk about Frosty and they're fine. They seem to be able to, fortunately, the children have beautiful imaginations. So we can do it. And then I've done things like snowball fights where it's just give them a white piece of paper and we make snowballs with that paper and we can throw it across the room and have a pretend snowball. I also have given them paper plates to put under their feet, one for each foot, and we pretend that we are ice skating. And so it takes that beautiful imagination, and they will come along in spite of the fact that the palm trees are fine, and it could be 80 degrees. In California, we had a rule on Christmas Day in the afternoon we would go to the beach. Oh, nice tradition. Uh Can you share a Christmas story with us? Yes, I would be delighted to share a Christmas story with you. And this one is a German folk tale. And it is called The Spider's Christmas. Tanta lived in a very small village in Germany. She was loved by all of the children and the dogs, the cats, the mums and dads and the birds. Tanta noticed one day that the last leaf 
was falling from the tree. And the wind was blowing in colder. She looked around and she began to sing. It's time, it's time, it's time to clean for Christmas. She went inside and in a flash, Tonta picked up her rugs, took them outside and shook them. She got a cloth and she wiped down all of the windows in her tiny little cottage. Her little cottage had one bed for sleeping, a table for eating, a stove for cooking, and a fireplace to keep her warm, and a bathroom with a sink and her bathtub and toilet to keep her just fine. It was a tiny cottage, but so many wonderful things happened. When she was done cleaning, she looked around her house and said, Ah, now I need to go and fetch my Christmas tree. It's time, it's time, it's time to fetch the Christmas. So Tonto went out into her barn where her donkey was, and she saddled up her donkey and put some bells right onto the saddle. And she said, donkey, we need to go and fetch the Christmas tree. And she got a little hatchet and put it in the saddle bag. And clip, clop, clip, clop, clip, clop. They headed out on the snowy path into the forest. Tonto saw some trees that were so tall, oh, too big for my little cottage. And she saw some trees that were very small. Oh no, I'll never be able to put all the treats for the children on that one. And then she came to a clearing and there was a tree that was about as tall as Tonta. There it is, donkey just the one we need. She chopped that tree down and bound it with ropes and put it on the sledge behind the donkey. And with that, they turned and went clip-clop, clip-clop back to the barn. She thanked her donkey. Oh, you're such a good donkey and gave the donkey some alfalfa treats and fresh water. Then she released the sledge and took that tree and brought it inside and set it in a stand and unwrapped the rope. The tree was perfect for her little cottage. It touched one side of her bed. It touched one side of the window, but it didn't block the door. And there it was, ready to be decorated. And that's when Tonta sang her song. It's time, it's time, it's time to make the cookies. Tonta had a tradition. She made cookies for the girls, the boys. She made little doggy biscuits for the dogs. And she made catnip balls for the cats and suet balls for the birds. She went right to work. She got out a bowl, put in the sugar and the eggs, and she put in the flour and added a little pinch of nutmeg and a little bit of cinnamon 
and stirred it all up. And of course, the butter. When it was just right, she plopped it on her counter and rolled it this way and that way. Then she used the girl cookie cutters and cut out just enough for all the girls in the village. Next, she rolled the dough again as those cookies were baking for the girls. And she cut out all the boy cookies, put those on a pan, brought the girl cookies out just to cool and put the boys in. Then she got another bowl and put in some bone meal and some flour and eggs and made the dog biscuits and cut them out perfectly on a pan. When the cookies were all done, she set them aside. Then she got the suet and rolled it in the bird seeds and attached it with a ribbon, went outside and snipped all the catnip and put it in some netting. When the cookies were ready, she decorated each cookie with the name of the child in the village and put a little ribbon through it. And all through the night, she hung those ornaments on her tree and she put the suet balls outside on the tree for the birds. Then she went the next morning and called out to everyone in the village, come to Tonto's house on Christmas Eve. <gasps> there was excitement in the village. It was such an amazing tradition to be invited to Tonto's house. They went there on Christmas Eve. The children showed up in their pajamas and Tonto served them nice hot chocolate mugs. They found their name cookies on the tree and took them off. And she tossed the little cookie bones to the dogs and threw the balls of catnip outside for the cats. But alas, she reminded the children, oh, Chris Kringle is coming. You need to get home and go to sleep. He cannot come unless you're sound asleep. And don't forget to put your shoes out. Well, the children left, and now Tonto was alone and exhausted from all of her work. But she wanted to stay up, for she knew there was a tradition. On Christmas Eve, if you stay up past midnight, there will be a miracle. The animals will talk. So Tonto sat down in her rocking chair, took off her glasses and rocked too and fro, and to and fro until she fell sound asleep before midnight. But on her doorstep, there was spiders. These were some of the spiders that she had swept away when she cleaned her house. And they all gathered long-legged spiders, skinny spiders, clear spiders, hairy spiders. And they were pacing back and forth on her doorstep. And Chris Kringle came by and said, Oh, 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 what are you doing, little spiders? Oh, please, please, can we go inside and see Tonta's tree? Oh, I don't know, little spiders. Tell you what, I'll let you in for a moment. Don't cause any mischief. We won't. And into the house they went, creeping, crawling, slithering, sliding into the old woman's cottage. When those spiders got inside, they began to crawl in and 
out of all the branches. And what do you think they covered those branches with? <gasps> Spider webs all over Tanta's tree. And Tanta slept through this whole thing. The spiders crawled down and went out the door. Kris Kringle came by just to check. But when he looked at Tanta's tree, <gasps> spider webs, oh, 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 what am I going to do now? But he knew he had magic in his pointer finger. He touched each of those spider webs and some turned to silver, some to gold, and they sparkled in the moonlight. Then Kris Kringle went on his way to finish his work, and he closed the door. The cock crowed in the morning. Tonto was startled and woke up and said, Oh, I missed it again. I fell asleep and didn't hear the miracle of the animals talking at midnight. She put on her glasses and looked at her tree. She was shocked. She was surprised. Oh, 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 there's a Christmas miracle and not of my own making. Oh, I've been given a gift. She looked at her tree and she got a little stool. And at the very top of her tree, she noticed one little spider spinning a star-shaped web. Oh, little spider, from now on when I clean my house for Christmas, I will leave my spider friends inside for look at the glorious gift you have given me. Tanta got dressed and ran out into the town and said, Oh, my children and friends, I've been given a Christmas miracle. Come to my house and enjoy my silver and gold tree. And they came all afternoon. They were astonished and amazed. And it started a tradition in that little village of people putting silver and gold tinsel on their trees. And for many of us, we have that tradition still, just like Tanta's tree. Oh, what a beautiful, beautiful story. Thank you for sharing that with us. Yes, Carolyn, I hope it brings some joy to the people who listen. That's so sweet. Such a sweet, sweet story. I know you are a very busy Mrs. Santa, and mm -hmm. I don't want to hold you up, but is there anything else that you want to share with us? Well, here's a message for my grown-up friends and my little friends. Santa and I work very hard at the North Pole, but mostly we smile when we know that you're on the nice list, that you're treating one another in your home kindly, at school, and especially those brothers and sisters, sometimes we get a little naughty, but you too can believe in the spirit of Christmas when you choose to do kind deeds in your home and in your community. It's a nice message. It's always nice to be kind. I hope you have enjoyed today's episode of the Adventures with Grammy podcast. You will find the links to our guests and the topics we discussed in this episode's show notes. 
If you would like to be a guest or if you know someone who would be an awesome guest, please connect with me at carolyn at adventureswithgrammy.com.